an NY2C exclusive podcast. You're listening to On The Call, the latest news and opinions on all things New York sports. With Joey Rinaldi and Derek Futter. On The Call starts now. Welcome to another episode of On The Call, the New York sports podcast, exclusively at NY2C.com, where you can watch us talk sports each and every week or listen to us wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Derek Futterman, joined by Joey Rinaldi. How's it going over there, Joey? I went to the Grizzly game, the best show in basketball, and they happened to be playing in New York City at Madison Square Garden, playing a team called the Knicks. You ever hear, hear of them? Yeah, you know I think I've heard of the Knicks. I think I've heard of the Knicks because I was there too. I didn't know you were at the game. I failed to check your Instagram story. I'm really sorry about that. I would have totally met up with you that night. Uh, but nonetheless, that game Wednesday uh, pretty much went as expected uh, for the Knicks. I mean, John Morant had a big game. Desmond Bain was hot beyond the arc. Zaire Williams had a big game as well. Zaire and, Williams was yes. the game that night. Him was. and JJJ, those two guys lit it up. Jaron Jackson Jr., just a great player, selected a few years ago in the draft. I believe those three, though, Bain, Morant, and uh, and Williams, accounted for like nearly two-thirds of the Grizzlies' points I was well, reading. Triple right? J was the leading scorer that night. Yes, he was. He was. But I think those three together had a lot of the points, and then Jackson obviously had a lot of the rest. Uh, it was a big game for Memphis. Uh, I may be getting Bain confused with Jackson and that trio. That's probably what it is. But Fournier, also for you the know, Knicks. No, pretty sure Morant was the fourth leading scorer that night. He yeah, missed yeah. a lot of shots. He did, but he still had 27 points, I'm pretty sure. I mean, the guy is just an insane player, John Morant. Uh, really insane player. And, you know, he's he's doing layups, acrobatic layups, acrobatic dunks inside the paint. Uh, it's just it's ridiculous, I think, the potential he has, uh, John Morant. But with the Knicks, Evan Fournier. Put up in a historic, uh, put up a historic game for them as well. He had thirty plus points and eight plus three pointers. That's only the fifth time that's happened in the last ten years. Fournier did it again. Uh, Fournier had done it rather earlier in the season. Uh, J.R. Smith did it twice in 2013-14, and then Carmelo Anthony did it once in 2012-13. So, despite a historic game from Evan Fournier, and it was raining threes from Fournier, believe me, uh, Knicks fans were screaming "Bing Bong" every time. Uh, other than that, the Knicks didn't have a cohesive attack against uh, the Memphis Grizzlies, and that led to yet another loss as they continue to sink in the standings. Derek, as somebody who was personally there, I do not think the story has anything to do with Fournier, his 30 points, or his eight threes. The story is that I got to see this Knicks team live in person, and I learned so much. What you watch on TV is not what you see when you're actually in person. And what I saw is that this starting unit – of Kemba, R.J. Barrett, Randall, Mitch, and Fournier, they do not have chemistry. They don't look like they like each other. Randall looks annoyed every time Kemba has the ball. R.J. is the one player who's like playing team basketball. And it's so weird how different the offense looks when R.J. is running with the ball versus when he's just playing a role position between this weird Kemba Randall pick and roll that they look like they both hate doing. It's really bizarre. Like, honestly, Fournier and Mitch, they're out there. They're they're doing their things. But nobody in that starting unit complements each other. 
It, it, and I think it all starts with Kemba Walker. He looks like he should not be playing in the NBA. He looks like he should be a minimum player the way he is right now, getting paid the minimum by the Knicks. He looks like a shell of – he just looks like somebody that should not be ever playing. Anyone is better than Kemba Walker right now. The Knicks starting lineup just has not had a good plus minus either throughout the season. And the Knicks now just continue to sink in the East. I mean, they're sitting 12th in the conference right now, eight and a half back uh, from the Bulls and Heat, who are currently tied for first place. Uh, I just don't see the Knicks making a run at this thing without significant changes. I mean, they're not out of it. Seven through 10 is the play in and they're only a game and a half back from that, surprisingly. But without changes being made to this team, whether it be the starting lineup or just the culture in general, I, I do not think the Knicks will make it. And something of interesting to note is that Julius Randle, the Knicks power forward, of course, signed a four-year deal with $117 million that kicks in next season, just unfollowed the Knicks on Instagram. If you go on his page, the New York Knicks, he is not following them anymore on Instagram as of uh, a day or two ago. So I think, and this has been something that people have been speculating for weeks, Randle just Seems to look disinterested out there. His teammates fall down sometimes in the middle of plays. He has not helped them up. Timeouts, he's aloof from the huddle. I believe aloof. that the time... He's aloof. He is aloof. I believe that it's that that's the word. I mean, I believe it is time for the Knicks to move on from Julius Randle before this contract kicks in. It's not a horrible deal. Trade him somewhere else. He needs a scenery change. I think he wants a scenery change. And I think it's time for the Knicks to get the point guard they finally need. Say him with me, Joey. His name is... De'Aaron Fox. De'Aaron Fox of the Sacramento Kings. And notice now he hasn't been playing lately for Sacramento. The Kings were just at the Garden earlier in the week. Uh, but De'Aaron Fox uh, right now has a, quote, mysterious ankle injury, a.k.a. they're trying to trade him. So so, so there's a few things I want to say on that. Yes. First off, uh, this uh, comedy manager type person just started working with me. And one of the first things he did was he cleaned up my Instagram. So he made me unfollow a bunch of people. And... Uh, I had to see all the people that, that have unfollowed me recently, and it, is, it does not feel good. I found out a friend of mine from college unfollowed me, and I was hurt. I, I was like, what happened? I thought we were buddies. I, and so if I was the New York Knicks, if they're hurt by Randall and following them, I get it. I know it firsthand, sister. I saw it. I see it. And, uh, and it definitely would not make me want to give somebody a $100 million contract. And – you know what the Knicks and Randall is, Derek? They're oh, like that couple that, like, they've not been dating that long. Uh, uh, they've had some problems early on. Then they go to Vegas and have the best weekend ever. That's what last literally. season was. Randall <laughs> and the Knicks, they went to Vegas. They yes. had the best weekend ever, and they came back married. And now now it's a month later. That's what – it's a month later after Vegas, and they realize they made a huge mistake. That is the Knicks with Randall. They made a huge mistake – and they got to get rid of it before they have kids. And having kids in this scenario is letting Randall begin next season, starting that new crazy contract. And here's the odd part. Julius Randall was an assist away from a triple-double against the Grizzlies. I mean, he had 18 points, 12 rebounds, and nine assists. So it's not, so he did have that double-double, and it's not like he played poorly. But throughout the year, no, again, it was the ugliest triple-double. It was the yes. ugliest triple-double I've ever seen. He was, was right forcing near, yeah. shots. He was Absolutely. forcing shots, and all nine of his assists we're not like good passes. It was, I'm double team. I'm triple team. I'm pounding it. I'm pounding it. 
though there's one second left on the shotgun shot clock. I have to pass now. Every uh, yeah. assist he had, he was reluctant to give the ball up. And you look at also he got in an altercation with Desmond Bain during a timeout, which led to that post-game press conference. John Moran pretty much saying that, you know, the Grizzlies aren't scared of anybody. And rightfully so, because Memphis is just, again, having a tremendous year right now. I think they are a serious contender for the NBA title if they can transition this momentum into the playoffs. I mean, they are 36 and 18. They're third in the West behind the Warriors and the Suns. They're just a tremendous story this season. And I didn't think Memphis was going to be any higher than a seven or eight seed. Oh, I, I, they have completely defied expectations. But when you look at De'Aaron Fox, the guy this year is exactly what the Knicks need. First of all, one of the fastest players in the league. Secondly, 21 points per game, five assists per game. He only gets you four rebounds or so, but that that's fine. He is a 6'3 point guard. They call He's him swipe up for D. a reason. Yes, they oh, swipe up for a reason. This is the first year of a five-year, $163 million contract that Fox is being paid. And I will tell you, the way that he, I think the potential he has and the way he's playing, he's worth every penny. But is Sacramento the destination? Is Sacramento a win-now team? No. And I think that's the perfect place that Julius Randle needs to go to find himself again and to ingratiate himself with a fan base that's so hungry for a winner. I could not agree more. And this opens up the Knicks with something they desperately need. Someone that can distribute the rock. I was just at the game. No one knows how to distribute the rock. Kemba can't do it. Quickly can't do it. Grimes can't do it. RJ's the closest guy to do it. And he's only doing it because he knows he has to. But RJ's better off the ball. And if he could be with a guy like Darren Fox playing off the ball of him, I think it's just going to elevate what he's doing. And I can't even imagine what the pick and roll with De'Aaron Fox and Mitchell Robinson is going to be. Mitchell Robinson can open up so much space, and De'Aaron Fox can quickly get through space faster than any basketball player in the NBA. So that combo is going to be unreal. By the way, Mitchell Robinson this season, uh, remember he set that record in the paint, just an unrelated note. He he shot like 74.3 or something on the season in a single year. Well, let me tell you, uh, it was 74.2, excuse me. The guy's shooting 78.9 this year. So he may even break that record. He's, he's tremendous he had eight in the paint. Blocks on Wednesday. Yeah, can't hit a free throw for his life. But, you know, he's he can shoot inside the paint. I mean, he's not like he's not going to shoot long range like a, like a Steph Curry or something. But that, it, just that, a note I thought. Did you hear what I said? The, he had the blocks, blocks, too. Absolutely. The blocks he are almost, tremendous. He was two blocks away from a triple-double. You're talking about Randall's shitty triple-double. Uh, Mitch was two blocks away from a triple-double. He had double-digit rebounds, double-digit scoring. And almost a triple double for blocks. That if is he the had shit the assist, I care about. If he had the assists too, we may have had a rare quadruple double. I mean, uh, wait, what are you talking about? And, if he and, had and the assists, and if monkeys could fly, that I'm would just be a saying it's, cool a, it's unlikely that a center it, would it, have the assists. No, Mitchell Robinson is not that type of center. He's not like a no, he's not Jokic type. He's not a Marcus Salt type. He gets he's the ball. He's slamming it in there. He's slamming it in there. Slamming and, uh, and jamming like Clyde. And I remember. I feel like you said a while ago that you kind of called on Mitchell Robinson. Well, I was only called on him because he gets hurt all the time. I mean, if he could stay healthy, he is a. I think he is a has the potential to be a top ten center in the NBA. Thank you. That's what I was trying to say. I think I Mitchell Robinson is someone to keep and not to be called on and and go easy on the guy. I I love him. He's a great guy. Hell of a scorer. Hell of a pa- uh, rebounder. Hell of a blocker. Not a passer. But definitely a guy you want on your team. In my mind, it's him and R.J. Barrett. 
those are the only two players you don't touch right now. Everyone else, I mean, yeah. quickly, quickly in top, and I'm also hesitant, but at the right price, I would do it. But, you know, what everyone Grimes? else. Grimes, too, but again, it's his rookie year at the right price. I mean, it's just, I, I just, this unit's not working. Kemba and Fournier got to go. Fournier, again, had a great game from three, but that contract of his, he's got another three years of pretty high It's a dollars. bad contract. It he is. can't play D. But I do love his energy. He loves the garden. He I does. haven't seen. He, He'll no enjoy it as a visitor. Team. What? He'll enjoy it as a visitor. <laughs> but no one wearing the Knicks uniform enjoys the garden and embraces it as much as Fournier does. John Morant would be in the garden today if I was – Owning the yeah, Knicks. and they were just one pick away from John Morant, which is, you know, one it's kind pick. of... And RJ's such a good player, but John Morant is the point guard they needed for years. Well, um, well, well John Morant is a transcendent player. He's going to be a Hall of Famer for sure. But would the Knicks have even picked him at two? I mean, let's be real. Uh, they probably would have gone RJ, honestly. No, no, you know what happened? The Knicks would have gotten the second pick, drafted John Morant, and ruined John Morant's career. We'd be calling John Morant a bust right now because whatever the Knicks culture would do would ruin his life. Yeah, and instead I'm calling John Morant the leading candidate for MVP in the NBA right now. And I agree. Best show in basketball. We both saw it. Unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. He's the second best point guard in the game, and obviously, and that's behind Curry, but the potential to even get better. Welcome back to On The Call, an NY2C exclusive podcast. Let's move now to Brooklyn, where things are not going so well. They've lost six in a row. They've dropped to sixth in the East. Uh, Joe Harris, there's no guarantee he comes back this year. Apparently, he may need a second ankle surgery. They'll know next week. He, he has not had an easy rehabbing. Kevin Durant still remains out with that let uh, with that left MCL sprain. And just again, things are just they're not going they're not going well right now. Uh, James Harden the other night against Sacramento, while we're on the topic of the Kings in Sacramento, only put up four points. Kyrie Irving is only a part-time player. The Nets' depth around them, uh, a lot of it is younger players like Kessler Edwards, Cam Thomas, uh, Dayron Sharp. David I mean, Duke they've been Jr. playing decently. Yes, David Duke Jr. They're not they're not playing poorly, but they're just not getting wins as a team. And they have a tough schedule coming up. They have the Jazz, the Nuggets, and then the Celtics at home. Brooklyn right now sits 29 and 22. And a few weeks ago on Joey's Conspiracy Corner, we did say that the Brooklyn Nets may want to consider losing some games while Kevin Durant is out. And clearly, if they're doing it intentionally, well, Joey was correct. Because, again, they sit sixth in the East, 29 and 22. But the danger is that this is the lowest Brooklyn should sink. You don't want to go to seven or below because Brooklyn's only a game and a half out of seventh right now. And if they get there, they would have to play in a play-in tournament to determine a playoff spot. As Joey yawns at the prospect of a playoff uh, play-in tournament because he probably knows – he probably knows at full strength that Brooklyn would destroy anyone in a play-in. The problem is, though, again, James Harden may want out. Nothing has been suggested otherwise besides some public comments. But again, players don't always tell the truth. So, Joey, what are your thoughts right now? Let, let's start with the first thing. If Joe Harris cannot come back this season to Brooklyn, what should the Nets do to replace his production? I want to make a trade, but... Is a package of Blake Griffin, Kim Thomas, uh, your mom's second round pick? Is any of that really going to help anybody uh, uh, get anything? Well, could they even get like Eric Gordon from that? No, I don't. I don't think there's anything they had that anybody would want. Well, there is. I'm going to tell you who they need to. I'm going to tell you who they need to trade with right now. Don't say it James Harden be, because he's it is a not. No, player. James Harden to James Harden. No, not not Harden or Kyrie. Neither of them getting dealt. 
Here's in the in a trade involving Joe Harris. Joe Harris should be traded to the Toronto Raptors, and here's why. Toronto wants Goran Dragic out of town desperately right now, and they will trade him and probably have to eat a lot of his salary. Brooklyn can simply buy him out, and then you can get younger players in the deal as well if they want to take on some of that salary and possibly a draft pick. How would they, they get younger players from the, the Raptors? Do you Raptors know have Masa- a few of them. Do you know who Masai Ujiri is? Do you know who that who that I, is? I know Masai Ujiri. He's a great GM, but you could do it in a three-team deal as well. Ever given away a good prospect ever in his life in the history of his career? The people he trades, the people he trades are guys like Delon Wright, Corey Joseph, guys that are that their careers are done. Jonas Valanciunas is the best player he's ever traded, and that was when or I mean, nine no, including Kawhi. the Rosen. He made the Kawhi deal. I said not including the Marvin oh, Rosen okay. because that was getting a, yeah, yeah. A, a, a guy that made them want a championship. Yeah, but for little trades, but for little trades, Valanciunas was the best player that he's ever traded, and that was after he was like in his mid twenties. Okay, he does not trade guys under twenty, like uh, under twenty five, like that. And so mm. expecting that an injured, broken home. Uh, broke bad goods or whatever the expression is, Joe Harris, who I don't even think can be that. I don't think he's that good when he's healthy. Masai's smart. That's that's impossible. What about a three-team deal? Because, again, if you find a move, and Drogic, Drogic doesn't have to be a net either. They have to find him to get – they have to find a way for him to get out, and it's all but certain he's getting dealt. Uh, watch out Goran Dragic, by the way, is a Nick, and that'll be, oh, they got their point guard they always needed. <laughs> I mean, it's just going to happen. Mean, I love Goran Dragic. I loved him ever since he was Steve Nash's backup. I think he's great. I think it's very and he's played rude. five games all year. <laughs> Wait, he actually played with the Raptors? He's played point? five games all season, all right? They he look has good? eight points per game in five games. I think it's very rude. I hate this new trend people are doing. Like, uh, it started with Andre Udala on Memphis Grizzlies a few years ago. Now, Drogic. Now, it's with John Wall. Just play. I don't know why these guys are sitting out. I feel like it can't Kemba. be good for them. For a month. No, no. Well, that was the coach's decision. Yeah, yeah. But that's that's just the same thing. Like, these guys that... Uh, no, but Warren, Drogic is choosing to not play. That's true. That's true. But Kemba wanted to play. Yes, it's either or, though. It's like you're seeing it with the older players. It's one way or the other. Nonetheless, that they're being held out from the lineup or they're choosing, hey, I don't want to be here, so I'm not going to play in the lineup. I've made enough money throughout my career where I can risk it. You know who hasn't made enough money in his career, though? Even though he's made a lot by now. Ben Simmons. And if Brooklyn can get Ben Simmons with Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, do it. That's the scenario I trade James Harden in. So how do you get that? Trade James Harden? You would have to trade James Harden. I don't understand what James Harden's doing right now. Because if he wants out of Brooklyn, he's not helping his stock at all. And he, his his free agency is coming up this season. And how is anyone going to throw him a lot of money when he's getting four points in random games against bad teams like the Kings? It is, it is not good. I think if Ben Simmons joins the big three and Harden, Harden heads out, Brooklyn could win a chip very easily. I mean, they were close last year. Kevin Durant's foot, his shoe size, was pretty much the reason they didn't win last season. But you also have to remember the lineup that would have been. Let's just reflect for a second. If Brooklyn never made the James Harden deal, their starting lineup right now would be Kyrie Irving at the point, Karis Levert at the shooting guard. Your small Who forward sucks? would be your small forward would be Joe Harris. Your power forward would be KD, Kevin Durant. And your center would be Jared Allen, a fringe all-star this year. 
I would have rather had that lineup than what they got right now. That's just me. No, no, no. Because James Harden, the ceiling of what he brings is so high that you got to take James Harden every time. And even though he's looking out of shape, his beard's looking untrimmed, uh, I, I think I think he's going to turn it on. And even the game when I joked about him having four points, he still had like nine assists and caused so much double team that he made other people get wide open. I love James Harden, and I would take James Harden over anybody. But I just want him to play better for his own sake. Because if he wants to leave Brooklyn, I, I still want him to like go somewhere nice. I'm a, I'm a James Harden fan more than I'm a Nets fan. James Harden, 10.2 assists per game, is second in the NBA right now. Uh, but again, I don't know if Kyrie Irving's going to be playing full-time at Barclays Center. I wouldn't put my money on it right now. I don't think it happens. And I don't think Kyrie's back next year for that reason. He has to go to a place where he can play full-time. I don't think this part-time experiment is going to go beyond this year, especially if Brooklyn wants to keep James Harden because rumors have it that James Harden is not happy with Kyrie not getting the vaccine and not being a full-time player. And obviously he said it before in post-game press conferences. He said, I believe he'll give him the vac- uh, that he would give him the vaccine himself. Uh, so clearly there's some frustration there, but when Brooklyn's big three is on the court all at once and you have a and you have Harris there and you have a center, whether it be Claxton or Aldridge, I think that lineup wins the NBA championship, but it all depends on staying healthy. And it all depends if Brooklyn is a five seed or below in the playoffs. And if New York State changes their laws about vaccine mandates in big concert and basketball arenas, because if they change that, that, that like one thing could be such a huge game changer. It would, it would be a huge game changer. Derek, you're in tune with the whole COVID situation. Do you think that's something that could be possible by the NBA playoffs? <sighs> no. <laughs> that's the simplest way to say it. I don't think it happens this year. You are pessimistic as always. You're pessimistic about the things I'm optimistic about. I'm being practical, and, though. And, and then when it comes to Knicks trade rumors, that's when you become this weird optimist who thinks you're going to get LeBron James tomorrow. I breathe in fumes every time I go into Manhattan, just remember, when I wasn't wearing the mask. So, you know, it's kind of like, uh, you know, maybe maybe it's affecting me now. I'm having some uh, post, post uh, garden thing or something. I don't know. But, uh, you know, again, things right now, though, New York basketball, not too hot. Both teams are going in the wrong direction. Knicks are losing games to sit 12th in the East. Nets have lost six in a row. They sit sixth in the East. Uh, do I think the Nets make the playoffs and are a serious contender for the NBA title still? Absolutely. But this is definitely their rough patch, I think, right now in the season. And this is just the, the part of the year that you have to just say to yourself or evaluate what does Brooklyn need to do? Welcome back to On the Call, an NY2C exclusive podcast. Well, let's transition now uh, to the gridiron. The Giants have a new head coach who I also botched his name last week, clearly not doing too well with Giants new executives. It is Joe Shane as the GM and Brian Dable as the head coach of the New York Giants. Tell me about Dable. I know nothing. Brian Dable was with the Buffalo Bills. He was Shane's number one choice at being the head coach. Uh, Brian Flores was also a finalist, and now uh, he's filing a lawsuit against the NFL for uh, for, uh, racist uh, discrimination and hiring practices. Uh, but Dable, and that's something we can discuss at another time, but Brian Dable, again, offensive coordinator uh, for the Buffalo Bills, Cleveland Browns, Miami Dolphins, Kansas City Chiefs, and the Alabama Crimson Tide. So he's been an offensive coordinator his entire career. 46 years old, comes from well in Canada. He kind of looks like Joe Douglas, the GM of the New York Jets. So you may get both of them confused in the dive bar if you saw them both at once one day. 
but he seems to be the guy for the Giants uh, that they want to lead forward. They also have a they've built the staff around him that seems to signify a culture change. I think they got the uh, I think they got like a quarterback coach from Kansas City to be their offensive coordinator and work with Daniel Jones. So the future for the Giants, at least on the coaching side of things, looks good. But again, the Giants having two first round picks this year in the draft. We have to see what they do. I think the answer, and we said it before, is build around Daniel Jones. I don't think a quarterback change is coming. Owner John Mara last week at a press conference seemed to suggest the same thing. So, Joey, what do the Giants do in the draft? Offense, defense, Where? what's your focus if you're uh, if you're Joe Shane? O-line, protect dice. I mean, not dice. What's dimes. Andy dimes. Dimes. We need to protect the dime man. And the only way to do that is with a good line. And once they get until they get a good line, I don't even want to talk about anything else. The Giants need a good line. Daniel Dimes can't be Daniel Dimes if he's always under goddamn pressure. You want to know how many Pro Bowlers the Giants have? Two. None. How? You want to know how many Pro Bowlers the Jets have? How many? None. Wait a second. How many people are eligible to be on a Pro Bowl football team? Like 52? Uh, no, I, I'm not sure of the exact number, but just – I think it's the same as a normal team, so it may be that many. But just remember, out of those players, the Jets nor the Giants, they don't have one. Between the Jets and the Giants, they don't have – They don't have A top one. 52 player in their conference. A top 100 – and a top right, 105 football. player. How do you not have a top 105 player between two teams in New York City? This is supposed to be the mecca of like all things, sports, music, sex, rock and roll. And- Here's why. Because they were both 4-13. and 13. There's your reason. Giants ended the year losing six in a row. Jets finished the two in a row. Let's close out the podcast now. Just a brief mention about the NHL. Currently in the All-Star break here in February. The game is in Las Love Vegas this year. T-Mobile Arena. Uh the Rangers have Chris Kreider going to the game. Also, Mika Zibanejad and Adam Fox were selected to the All-Star team. For the New York Islanders, defenseman Adam Pellick selected to the game as well. Pellick will be competing in the hardest shot competition in the skills contest. Chris Kreider for the Rangers in the fastest skater competition. So you got the New York teams uh, going to be well represented uh, in Las Vegas this weekend. And also the Pro Bowl happens to be going in Las Vegas this weekend as well. So Can't wait, baby. A Vegas Super Bowl. That's that's me excited. Uh, yeah, for Vegas Pro Bowl. But I think Pro Vegas Bowl. will be getting the Super Bowl in 2024. But gotcha. where's yes. the Super Bowl this year? Super Bowl this year is at SoFi Stadium, Inglewood, California, just outside of LA. Oh, uh, that's a bummer. Vegas would have been so much more fun. Derek, we should go in 2024 to the Super Bowl in Vegas. Perhaps if we can get tickets. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I don't even talk about tickets. I just want to be there. I want to be in the strip for that. That you want to be you want to be in the atmosphere. I, I don't have to watch the football game. I just want to go to Vegas with you. <laughs> I'm sure you do. Well, that'll do it for this episode of On the Call, the New York Sports Podcast. Listen to us each and every week or watch us at my2c.com. I'm Derek Futterman. That's Joey Rinaldi. Joey, what do you got to say to the people before we head it out? I gotta say, uh, let's all go to Vegas. Let's get weird because whatever is going on in Vegas right now is better than following these miserable New York sports teams. I love you all and have a great rest of your day. Bye. 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 On the call. New episodes every week. Available wherever you get your podcasts and online at ny2c.com.